Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that it refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for January 25th. In the year of our Lord, 2024, this is our two of two. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, but do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We reject revolution, unless it's a Jesus revolution, then we're in. Actually, we stand for peaceful restoration rather than revolution, peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. we got a lot of work to do, ladies and gentlemen. There's tyrants and all kinds of people trying to destroy everything we hold dear. It is the culture war on steroids these days, corruption and immorality at an all-time high. Uh, so we've got to really be vigilant and get involved, and I believe our greater numbers can absolutely uh, win the prize if we work at it together. We've got an incredible guest today. His name is Chase Oliver. And uh, he is running for president of the United States of America on the Libertarian ticket. And um, they say he's the most influential Libertarian in America. Who says that? Rolling Stone. The folks who attacked me relentlessly. Anyway, they're saying he's the the greatest Libertarian. Um, The most influential. That's interesting. Libertarian. Chase, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here and uh, happy to talk about Liberty. We'll do it. First, let's talk about you, though, for a second. Who is Chase? Tell us about you. Where'd you grow up? And give us give us a thumbnail, if you will. Well, Tennessee, but I've lived in uh, in and around uh, Georgia my uh, entire life since I well, since I was seven. So, uh, but I've lived in Atlanta since two thousand nine. But I grew up kind of in the suburbs area out there. Just a normal kid, regular family, three brothers. Uh, in the evangelical church, I'm an Episcopal now. Uh, and I'm somebody who spent years and years in the restaurant industry, and then from there I moved into uh, working in logistics, where I helped people move goods and uh, from one side of the world to the other. It was a great job to have, and and really shows you how connected our world is, especially when we peacefully trade with one another. I've gone to Georgia and watched a lot of those inland kind of things where all those shipping containers roll, I guess, through the rivers and stuff like that from the eastern whatever seaboard or whatever you want to call it. I, it's hard to say that in the South. But anyway, I've seen all these big ships with all these massive containers and stuff like that. Georgia's cranking up as kind of a hotbed for that, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, the Port of Savannah is one of the most active ports on the eastern seaboard. The ports that I kind of uh, was really uh, had purview over when I did my job. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great place to go see. I mean, it's really amazing to see those kinds of things in action. It really gives you a, a respect for the amount of work that our, our logistics are not just our uh, you know shipmen and, and our, our dock workers work, but also the rail workers and truckers across America to get our goods on our shelves uh, is a fantastic industry to be a part of it uh, for sure. No question. How does um, being involved in those two different industries, if you will, translate to politics, though, Chase? Yeah, well, you know, I think uh, the restaurant industry kind of gave me a uh, thick skin for uh, criticism and for being able to handle stress because, you know, even in the logistics industry, people said I can handle stress really well. And I said, well, you know, it, it works really great when you're, uh, you know, when you're on the phone and you 
customer can't touch you or be near you. But when you're catering a wedding and a bride is screaming in your face that you're messing up because the hors d'oeuvres are coming out too early, that's real stress. And so if I can handle, you know, bridezillas, I can handle the uh, hard hitting world of politics. <laughs> I love it. How'd you get your libertarian streak then? Uh, well, you know, I, I started out being an anti-war voter. That's what kind of got me into politics. 9-11 happened when well, I was Well, you're really school. a pro-peace voter, and that's kind of the interesting thing about our politics is the way they frame things. So you're an anti-something from the start. You're really a pro-peace Yeah, voter, I'm a pro. Right? I, I'm, I'm pro uh, having trade and, and diplomacy around the world, and I really kind of uh, oppose the actions that were being taken place post 9-11 because uh, in the name of security when really it was kind of uh, exporting a warfare state around the world at the time was a republican i didn't know about the libertarian party i became a democrat even though i'm a gun-loving democrat i'm a tax-hating democrat that's what i was at the time you're an old style democrat right yeah the old then, South democrat kind of guy. yeah and then after Obama got elected, and you know he he had all these peace promises, and he and he walked back all of them, and then he got the Nobel Peace Prize, and that's when I left the Democratic Party. And very shortly thereafter, I was introduced to the Libertarian Party by a great guy named John Mons. He was running for governor in Georgia, and uh, he really showed me that that's really where the Peace Party is. That's where you know uh, of the major parties in this country, that's the one that's pushing for a peaceful form. Dipl uh, diplomacy-based foreign policy more than really any other. And so that's what really drew me. And then I got into the economics of it and the ideas of, uh, you know, all, all the ideas of freedom that really now attract me to the Libertarian Party. And I encourage folks to check us out. Check out our platform. It's an awesome platform if you really believe in freedom. All right, let's talk about the Libertarians for a second because I love the Libertarian Party. I love the Libertarian belief. I support Ron Paul. He was a well-known Libertarian to a great degree. I, I'm kind of of that ilk. But, you know, you ask hardcore libertarians who eventually kind of become anarchists and you say, what's the difference between a libertarian and an anarchist? And they're like, ah, a couple of election cycles. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I actually think and we're so a much. I guess my question is, where's the line on that for you? Yeah, I think we're a much larger tent than that. You know, uh, I believe we really range from everybody who can range from just constitutionalists who just want our government to get back to the constitutional level. Uh, that the U.S. Constitution really where we should be, you know, which is a much smaller government than we have today, all the way down to where I'm at. I'm a minarchist. You know, I believe actually the government should probably do less than what it's doing, even, you know, uh, have less power even uh, and be more localized. Uh, and then you can go all the way to anarchism. But here's the thing. All of us agree. All of us in that large spectrum agree that the government is too big, too abusive, too obtrusive right now. So let's let's form a coalition around the Libertarian Party now. And once we reduce the state to a certain size, that's when we can start fighting over the details. But in the meantime, let's just start cutting down the state and cutting down their abuses in our lives and, and increase the freedom of every American. Amen. That's a good start. Something we need to work on for sure. I consider myself a libertarian with morals. Uh, and I think the libertarian is what? The, the third largest uh, third party? Yeah, we're the third sorry, largest it's, political it's, party in the United States. The third largest uh, political party, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's only growing, as people kind of realize, because the, there's a real blur between the independents and the libertarians as well, right? Yeah, and I think there's a huge voter dissatisfaction with 2024. I think what we're seeing out of the New Hampshire area and out of Iowa now is that there's a, it, it's pretty much going to happen, that it's going to be J Joe Biden versus Donald Trump from the Democrats and Republicans. And voters just don't like those choices. They want to see real alternatives. And we need to provide in that real alternative something they can feel good about voting for as opposed to just voting against something. So we're we're the political party that can provide a positive platform to show what the country could look like embrace these principles and move forward together, uh, supporting each and every person's right 
to live as they see fit so long as they're living in peace. You may not agree with the way someone else lives, but as long as they're doing it in peace, that should be enough. And that includes, you know, uh, how you worship, who you love, uh, where you come from, like what, what you do on your property, what you do with yourself. Like as long as you're not harming anyone else, your life's your life, your business is your business, and the government really shouldn't be involved. And I think if we all agreed to do that, that kind of golden rule, we'd all live more peacefully and certainly have more prosperity. Michael Badnerick was a dear friend of mine, libertarian. He ran on the libertarian ticket for president one time. Michael Badnerick used to say this, you know, hey, just boil the Ten Commandments down redneck style. Hey, don't hurt me. Don't take my stuff. Yeah. Good <laughs> boy, ideas do I don't agree with that. That and good ideas don't require force. And so if it's a good idea, you shouldn't have to have the government back it up with a gun. Uh, you should be able to just push that idea uh, in the in the free exchange of ideas that we have out here. And if it's a good idea, it shouldn't require the force of government. And if it's a bad idea, why are we putting the force of government behind it? Speaking of that, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to be visiting all 50 states before the convention, right? Absolutely. I've hit 44 so far. I've just got six left to go, and uh, we're already making plans to hit all of those. Uh, you know, and, and symbolically, we're hitting uh, Alaska and Hawaii for as the 49th and 50th states in the union uh, but we have just a, a few others as well uh, mostly um, you know the Dakotas and I think uh, Montana and Wyoming are the other ones left you've already gone to Utah huh absolutely as Salt Lake City was gorgeous uh, it was probably right, one of I missed the, you probably I'm from Utah and I, I missed you when you came sorry about that I'll be back sir I'll be back and it, you know you it's let a me gorgeous know. We'll flight on the way in yeah yes yes I yes, always love it's free got lunches. the best snow on earth in Utah as well I just thought I'd mention that now, you are calling for, speaking of peace, and I know we talked about this a, a lot because it's critical to the libertarians' peace and anti-war, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, libertarian presidential candidate Chase Oliver in Iowa calls for culture war ceasefire. I love this. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about this a little bit. Yeah, so I have this concept that I grew up with. Uh, we call it common grace in my family. And that is, you know, if you have the common grace to Doing it and see and, and not harming them they should have the common grace to do that for you I don't believe we need government to, again to use the power and the force of government to push one side of the culture war or the other I think we can do that just in our own culture through free exchange of ideas we don't need to be pushing one over the other in terms of schooling or lifestyle or anything continue chase yeah so I think you know uh, as long as we are living our lives in peace with one another Stand that some people are just going to live a life differently from ours. That doesn't require a culture war. That just requires us to examine that we live in a multicultural country. That's one of the great things about America. People come from all over and live all different kinds of lives. If we do it in peaceful coexistence with one another, that's the melting pot that the founders makes America great. We don't need to make America great again. We just need to embrace that we can all be peaceful with one another. And that is what makes America great. All right. What do you think of the current candidates out there? You know, you got you got Donald, um, who's really, you know, got pretty much command of the Republican Party. You got Haley. That's nothing. But in, in my opinion, uh, she, she's really full of anger and hatred and uh, this kind of stuff. She says it's a two man race when she took third in Iowa, for instance. I mean, what's she talking about? What do you think of the, of the field right now? Because I find that interesting. Really, there's there's nobody. And then there's Donald almost. And nobody has created a lot by the media. And they're not being willing to share the ideas of other candidates. Yeah, so let's start with uh, let's start with the former president Donald Trump. Like I believe that he is likely to be the Republican nominee, and I welcome to run against him because, frankly, he has made a lot of promises. He said a lot of things when he ran and did not deliver when he was actually president. He was going to drain the swamp, right? He was going to end 
bureaucracy. Yeah, he was going to lock Didn't up Hillary, that. and now we find out Hillary's hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, so was he. So there's that. So like, and there, there's a lot of other inconsistencies. You know, he said he was going to balance the budget and uh, and cut down the debt and deficits, and he actually exploded them. He spent more in four years than any president. That's not fiscal conservative. Yes, he did. And so, and, and pretty much anything that he had a problem with, with his protectionist tariffs and things like this, anytime it affected the U.S. economy, he just gave those industries a handout instead of stopping with the protectionist tariffs that were making business in the United States anyway. So there's a lot of areas where he was very inconsistent with conservative principles, Republican principles, but people backed him up anyways because he's got that personality. And Nikki constitutional Haley, principles, let's be clear. Yeah, and, that's and Nikki really Haley, the, what, what matters. That's the supreme law of our land, right? Exactly. And, and then Nikki Haley, she's very much an establishment GOP kind of shill. She goes right back to the George W. Bush warfare state. She's basically Dick Cheney in a dress with her foreign policy. Not something that I'm very proud of uh, or, or would want to see in the White House at all. Like, I just don't think that that 20th century, you know, kind of Republican Party going, you know, we're already a quarter of the way through the 21st century. We don't need a throwback like that. And then... Going on the other side of the aisle, we have Joe Biden, who has been in power in one way or another for most of you know, 60 years, pretty much, you know, most of our lives, right? Well before even I was born, he was a United States senator. And if he hasn't fixed problems in 50 years, it tells me that he's not going to be able to fix those problems. And you can even look at his foreign policy disasters. Go back to when he was president. He said, oh, the best thing we can do is just break up Iraq into three different countries just arbitrarily. And that'll make peace in the region as if that was going to work. Completely ridiculous. And, uh, you know, so on really every level, what the major parties are providing you are, are stale, re, you know, like kind of re-microwaved uh, throwbacks to either the party of yesteryear or a bombastic bull in a china shop who is already broken most every promise he made when he was president and will continue to break those promises and lie to your face. And I just can't. All right. Do we still have you, Chase? Yeah. Yeah. I'm still here. You got okay. me. Yeah. You drop out every so often for a teeny bit. Sorry about that. Um, but for the anyway. most part, we're hearing you great. You sound perfect. And I agree with that about the candidates. What do we got to do to help the American people understand that third parties are viable? You know, the last kind of song swung for that was kind of Ross Perot or maybe you could say Pat Buchanan in the day or whatever else. And what do we got to do to really get third parties the traction they need? Well, you know, it's overcoming the media blackout. That's the first thing. As we move forward in the 21st century, that's happening more and more because new media is coming online. We're not being directly dictated by, you know, three television channels and 10 newspapers. This is a, now a more broad approach for us to be able to reach out to the voters. And that's a good thing. Social media has been an advanced weapon in the war against the two-party system, right? Uh, and so I think that's something that we really need to be looking for. Even radio shows just like this one allow you know candidates who are the alternative to actually reach out to folks. Uh, and then uh, we also have to change the way we vote. In many states, we have plurality-only wins. And what that does is it allows people who get under 50% of the vote to actually be elected. It, it negates the ability for third parties to organize. And this is why I support things like uh, approval voting, uh, instant runoff voting. You know, I forced a runoff Georgia Senate race. That cost my state tens of millions of dollars. We could have had an instant runoff. Uh, and, and ultimately, it would remove the so-called spoiler effect. So people would be to vote outside the two-party system. Uh, I think the reason why we don't have those reforms is very much so because it keeps the uh, the two parties in power. They want to do everything they can, even if it means spoiling elections, 
to prevent third parties from being able to grow and build. So third parties aren't the spoilers. It's actually Democrats and Republicans who refuse to give us a process that works uh, that are the spoilers. And uh, that, you know, if you, if you think instant runoff voting is a bad or a scary thing, every Georgia overseas military voter voted using an instant runoff ballot in 2022. It's not complicated. It's very easy to understand. And it saves our states tens of millions of dollars and makes our democracy actually more representative and takes away that, that so-called spoiler effect uh, that the wastes upon us. So there's, there's things we can change in the way we vote and then also break through this media blackout by finding new alternatives and new avenues to get our voices out there and particularly harnessing social media. And uh, since I'm trying to reach out to Gen Z in this election in particular, social media is a uh, really, really good tool for that. Yes, it is. Now, how about this idea of the election integrity issues? Where do you stand on that? Because I'm convinced, hey, they're just going to commit fraud in the next election if we're not very, very careful, Chase. Yeah, so uh, one of the reasons why I do support reforms to not just the way we vote, but the way we count our votes. Uh, I've always been an advocate of either having paper ballots that can be easily counted secured, or uh, if you're going to be using electronic uh, voting machines, having some sort of receipt that is printed and some sort of audible blockchain that we can all look at and every citizen can see. We have uh, blockchain technology for all sorts of stuff that allows us to be able to securely, there's no, uh, you know, nobody trying to you know, fraud the voter or, or hack the system or we can make those reforms. We just have to require that, uh, you know, we have to demand that from those who are in power and those who actually seek to benefit from being able to fraud our elections. And if they aren't giving those reforms to you, you need to start voting outside. We'll absolutely support uh, advanced voting technologies that allow us to securely audit our vote and allows us to securely see our votes counted and make sure that they're counted correctly. And uh, I think those are real reforms that we have to look at. But, you know, the funny thing about running for president is, you know, you're not really running in one election. You're running in thousands of county elections because each county handles their own stuff differently. And so we have to really yeah, be looking to how we can change Yeah, you literally have counties in the United States, and you've got probably 150,000-plus precincts, right? Exactly. So it's not just like one uniform election when you're running for president you have to look at. Uh, and so we're looking at ways we can kind of streamline our voting technology systems, export that to counties all over the country. Uh, you want to go particularly to places that have the most distrust in the way things are done so we can create this uh, a, a feeling of security around our vote because we want more people to get out and vote. I want each and every person who's eligible to vote to find a choice they like and to feel secure going into the ballot box and that when they make their choice, it's actually counted. Uh, and if, if there's anything we can do to support as a candidate for president and certainly as a citizen of the United States. All right. One of the things, in my opinion, running for president is kind of a sacred thing. Uh, you know, the office of president is a, a sacred office, in my humble opinion. Uh, and those who um, aspire to such need to have complete fidelity to their oath of office. Uh, and um, so one of the phrases that's used to kind of highlight this is you want to begin with the end in mind. And so I guess my question is, as everybody uh, aspires to be president and, you know, those who do, they either get known for you know, good or bad. For me, George Bush Sr. was like, read my lips, no new taxes. He lied. That's all I really remember about the guy because I was younger and I was, you know, a teenager when he was, okay. 
you got the older George Bush, and I remember, um, or the younger George Bush, I mean, and I remember his idea was, oh, we're just spying on the foreigners. Don't worry, it's just the terrorists. And then it turned out, no, he's spying on everybody in the country. And instead of prosecuting him and putting him in prison for that abuse, uh, Congress just basically codified his agenda and said, no problem, uh, no big deal. Uh, I look at, say, Barack Obama, and I kind of think, you know what, I don't even know where he's really born at. I know his birth certificate was a fraud. It's not, don't confuse that with the birther discussion. Uh, it's just simply saying the birth certificate was proven to be a fraud. And so you, you look at that and you go, he was the greatest organizer ever. Uh, and he really, uh, you know, ratcheted up racism in America and everything else. Um, and then you look at, say, uh, you know, Donald Trump. And he was known for several things. One, I mean, under Donald Trump's watch, we were the closest to being a police state we've ever been under COVID. Now, he did some great things around pro-life and he did some things to cut taxes. And he, I mean, he did some good. Don't get me wrong. And many say he was the best president we've ever had. And to some degree, there's some truth to it. Um, it's a high bar. And the reason I spend so much time highlighting this, what do you think for you, Chase, would you want to be your legacies? What would you want to be known for? Well, you know, I, I tell people that there's one definite promise I can make if I'm elected president. And that is if I'm elected president, the office of president will be a weaker office when I leave than when I get in because far too much we have seen presidents throughout my life and even before I was born clawing and taking power out of the hands, taking responsibility away from Congress and, and just putting it into the federal bureaucracy of unelected officials. My, my If I'm elected president, everything I do will be to secure the liberty of each and every individual. But as for the office of president itself, which is an office I do hold high respect for, and I do think, you know, there is kind of a just kind of a legacy built around it, right? And, you know, Americans you know, they kind of mythologize that office in the office of president and ask that Congress actually do their job and quit putting the responsibility on unelected people. Represent the people that you're supposed to be representing. Uh, but to but you know, what would I do while in office? Um, I would begin by pardoning those who need to be pardoned, not just pardoning those who have given me political favor over the uh, you know, uh, Julian Assange and Edward Snowden and Leonard Peltier, the, the Native American activist, or Ross Ulbricht, who's sentenced for creating a website uh, when they're, you know, the, the, the allegation was that people you know, sold drugs on his website. Well, people sell drugs on Facebook. Is Mark Zuckerberg in jail? Uh, and so... You know, the, I would start by actually putting ourselves in line with the Constitution uh, and, and stop this idea that uh, people who are uh, committing behaviors of crime, I believe that, again, we can exchange that through a free cultural exchange of ideas. We don't need the government to enforce our morality. We can enforce our morality ourselves. And in fact, I think we've abandoned some of that responsibility by... Instead of demanding that people, you know, take responsibility for themselves. It's something that I grew up with, uh, you know, uh, in here in Georgia. It's a value that we, we know very well down here in the South, which is you have to hold yourself to account for the things you do uh, for good or for bad. It's your job. It's not his job to do good in the world. You have to do good in the world. Uh, and so those are the kinds of values that I would take to the office of president is asking that each and every individual don't. Don't look to mythologize the office of presidency so much. Uh, look to, to look to find value in yourself, your family, your community. Those is where the real power lies, not in the office of president of the United States. We allow the president to have that power as a representative of us. But we need to remind ourselves from time to time, 
that the real power lies with the people, not with some sort of government structure that we've put in place, uh, you know, to, to put the, you know, basically to put the rules on the board for the monopoly game of life. Uh, that, that's not where the real power lies. The real power lies within you, your faith, your family, your community. Ladies and gentlemen, Chase Oliver wants to weaken the power of the president because he understands the role and power of the president. The power, the president has plenty of power, folks, already defined in the United States Constitution, but it's limited. It's checked and balanced by the other two branches of government on the general level. And then at the state versus the federal level, there's dual sovereignties, restricting power further. Chase respects that and understands that like nobody I've seen elected in my lifetime. Chase, can you stay with me longer? Sure. All right, stay there. Chase Oliver with me, ladies and gentlemen. Vote ChaseOliver.com is website. we got a lot more to cover. We'll do it in seconds on your radio. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Ryan Daniels. Debate in Congress continues over the separate priorities of foreign aid funding for Ukraine, Israel, and more funding for security at the southern border. Democrats and Republicans are trying to find compromise on legislation, but Kansas Republican Senator Roger Marshall tells Fox News he has his doubts. My fear is that the Senate is on a collision course for the mother of all omnibuses. An omnibus that also includes Ukraine funding without anything for Israel and without any addressing of the border. On Wednesday, Republican Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell said passing more foreign aid for Ukraine is vital to America's, quote, cold, hard interests, which he said include bleeding Russia's military more. A plane crash in Russia near the Ukraine border as a member of the Russian government crying foul. An investigation is continuing into a Russian military plane that crashed near the Ukraine border on Wednesday while transporting over 60 Ukrainian prisoners of war. Russian Minister of Foreign Affairs Sergei Lavrov, speaking through a translator, calls this a Ukrainian criminal act. Right away after the aircraft was downed, the Ukrainian side mentioned yet again their uh, victory. President Biden is notching a significant endorsement from organized labor this week. United Auto Workers President Sean Fain endorsing Biden Wednesday didn't hold back in his criticism of former President Trump. He wanted to do a rotation so union auto workers would be begging for their jobs back at lower pay to screw the American working class. Fain credited Biden for becoming the first sitting U.S. president to join workers on the picket line last year. UAW members earned major pay raises with a months-long strike against the big three automakers last November. This is USA News. I'd like to introduce you to our new sponsor, Get the Tea. Get the Tea carries all-natural, non-GMO organic teas and supplements made in the USA. Get the Tea's ingredients are the purest available. My favorite is Life Change Tea. Life Change Tea is a gentle daily cleanse containing 12 herbs that, when combined, really keep things moving. I drink it every day, and my energy has never been better. I'm feeling great. Life Change Tea comes in three delicious flavors, natural, peppermint, and pomegranate. It's an easy and delicious way to keep your digestion on track. 
And for those on the go, try D365. D365 is like change tea in a capsule. Drink the tea or take D365 capsules and keep your digestion running smoothly. Go to GetTheTea.com and enter discount code USA to get 10% off any size order. That's GetTheTea.com, discount code USA for 10% off your order. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine. The award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family, we the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Libertarian presidential candidate Chase Oliver. Vote ChaseOliver.com, his website. One of the key things he wants to be known for is weakening the office of POTUS. We need to weaken power in POTUS, so the President of the United States. Why? Because if you study the Constitution, the President's out of control, man, executive orders in the thousands. Uh, look, they don't have authority to do that, folks. There's checks and mounts that go into war all the time without congressional approval. I mean, the list can go on and on. He's right about this, constitutionally speaking. We also need to weaken the power of the courts, though. We seem to think that the, you know, five, seven, nine, who knows how many Supreme Court justices we're going to have tomorrow if the Democrats have their way or the Republicans have their way, the deep staters for that matter. We need to reduce power not only in POTUS, but SCOTUS too, Chase. Well, I, I just want to get the government really overall uh, out of our lives as much as possible. So that would probably involve weakening kind of all three branches quite a bit, getting them in line with their constitutional uh, responsibilities. Maybe, sure. uh, and the courts are not exempt from that either. Uh, so I, I would like to see uh, you know actual constitutional governance. At the very least, that could be a good first step for us to start. Joe Biden believes racism is the biggest threat to Americans right now. 
I don't agree with that. I'm not a racist. I believe we're all God's children and we should behave like it and treat each other kindly and respectfully. You know, I hear about racism every second in the media and that everybody's just a white supremacist and all this crazy stuff. But day to day in life, I see all kinds of people being nice to all kinds of people everywhere. People, for the most part, have a great working relationship across America, different from what you would see if you were to view it in the media or whatever else. Um, That's what Joe Biden says. I disagree with him a thousand percent. But well, to you, know, you, what is the greatest threat Americans face? Well, I'll, I'll first say, you know, absolutely. If you see sure. racism and bigotry in your in your personal life, you should absolutely close it, call it out where you seize it. Uh, but that's not the greatest threat. The greatest threat is the inflation that we're feeling due to our economy because we have our government spend more than it takes in every year. And for that, they print trillions of dollars a year. That That devalues every dollar you have. Even if you're putting your dollar in a vault somewhere, saving it, keeping it set aside, uh, the power of inflation is eating away at that. That's a hit single American family. And it's time for our government to start spending less than it takes in, paying down its debt, because that's what every American family has to do when they get into debt. They have to cut some, uh, you know, they have to cut some corners. They have to make sure they can, they can pay down their debt so they can have prosperity in the future. That's what we have to do on a national level. That is the greatest threat us today, but to our kids and grandkids in the future who face a monetary collapse if we don't get our government in line, if we continue to devalue our dollar. Please, 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 America, don't wait until we have 150% inflation and 25% poverty rate like Argentina to elect a libertarian to fix the problem. Please do that sooner than later, and we can all have more freedom and prosperity in this country. Amen to that. You know, the debates were, in my opinion, a disgrace. They were a waste of time. Donald didn't attend. He kind of mocked them from afar with Tucker Carlson and many others. Uh, but it wasn't a real debate, though. It was just, hey, you're going to hear the Republicans battle against each other and scrap for the... Besides Vivek Ramaswamy, who, in my opinion, did a great job. I think he's very articulate. I agree with a lot of what he has to say. I don't think he's constitutionally qualified to be president um, because he was not a, na- a natural-born citizen kind of a thing that's that's another debate but I, I bring this up to say we need real debates chase real people from america that really discuss and bring up issues not controlled issues from the media asking the questions but from we the people and then let you know what the candidates that we want come to the forefront free and equal is working on that plan you're heavily involved in this right yeah so i'm trying to participate in the free and equal debates it is an alternative debate series uh, where you actually go online and you can vote for the top six people you want to see debating. Uh, there are, coincidentally, six libertarians in there, if you like libertarians a whole lot. But I, I recommend freeandequal.org and uh, vote for me, of course. I would like I'm topping RFK Jr. right now. Uh, but if you'd like to see me, RFK Jr., and a whole host of other people debate, go vote for your top six right now at freeandequal.org and re- and see what a real debate looks like when you have a real kind of a, a, an alternative viewpoint and you have a group of people who aren't just necessarily bought and paid for by a corporately controlled media, whether it's from the left or the right. We're going to have a very interesting debate. Uh, right now it's got Jill Stein. Uh, there's... Uh, yeah on there um cornell west was kind of getting up there but i think he's in seventh or eighth place at this point so uh but there's rfk jr and some other folks so we're gonna have a good debate across a range of topics and i recommend people go vote for their favorite and check it out now ladies and gentlemen just so you understand there's been eighty-six thousand plus votes right now and it just kicked off a couple of days ago uh chase oliver really is at the top of the list right now Robert Kennedy Jr., second on the list. Have you thought about who you might have as a running mate, Chase? 
Well, you know, first and foremost, you got to look at the other people who are running uh, against me for the nomination because they are people sure. who are currently devoted to running across the country for liberty values. Uh, and so we actually have two of them in the Lars Mapstead, who's out of California, Josh Smith, who's from Iowa. Uh, but there's a few others who are also great in the running. Uh, those are the first people that I'll look to. And we actually presidential candidates, people who just want to run to be a running mate. We have a couple of those who've announced. So those will be the first people I look to, uh, you know, Lars, Josh Smith, uh, Mike Tremont, and, and then some of these other people who are also running. Uh, they would be people I would like to look for and see if they want to be a running mate uh, and, and best and who's going to be committed to really, really being energetic and running across the country. Because I hit 50 states in about a year and change. I want to hit another 50 states in the next, you know, eight months or so uh, before the election. Now, I find this fascinating in this poll, and I know this is an alternative thing. It's free and equal, so it's a lot of the, you know, a lot of us who want to see, you know, the mainstream rejected to a great degree. But Donald Trump's way down the list compared to you, sir. Yeah, he is at uh, ninth currently. He is ninth place uh, with just over 3,700 votes. But see, here's the thing. I don't think he would show up to this debate any He's not going to show up to any debate. He is scared of debate. It's like when I was running in 2022 for the Senate. Herschel Walker didn't show up to the debate I was taking part in. Uh, he showed up to the other one that had the Democrat involved. But as soon as the Libertarian yeah, was going to be on which stage. Which means mainstream press controlling the debate, too. Yeah, and, and that's the truth. So we want to make sure that we get as many alternative voices out there. And I challenge Donald Trump, man. I'm sure if Donald Trump went to the free and equal people and said, you know what, I actually they would probably make a seat for him regardless of how many votes he gets. So, Donald, uh, if you're listening, I challenge you to come on and debate us. Uh, let's see if you can hold your record up against people who have real plans for the future and who, aren't actually gonna, who are actually going to walk the walk, not just talk the talk, because that's what we need in this country. That's what, certainly what we need in Washington, D.C., is people who are going to talk the talk when it comes to uh, and walk the walk when it comes to constitutional governance. And people who don't care if it's, quote, political suicide, quote, pardon the phrase, but to challenge uh, anything Donald does or says or whatever else uh, for fear of being deemed unloyal and relegated to the, uh, you know, whatever, back 50 or whatever you want to call it kind of thing. What about Jacob Hornberger? Because I like a lot of his articles. He's anti-war. He does a pretty good job, too. Oh, Jacob's a fantastic guy. I've gotten to know him along with all of the other field across the country. Uh, you know, he's a really principled guy. Uh, I just think, you know, I happen to be a better voice for the party in this. But, you know, again, another person to look at to be a potential running mate, right? Because he uh, he compliments me quite well. You know, I'm around 40 years old. He's a generation older, so he's kind of that elder statesman status. Sometimes you have that with a president and vice president. Uh, but I feel like uh, we're very close to each other on policy. But, of course, we're both libertarians, so that's not too much of a surprise, really. No, for sure. And believe it or not, Nikki Haley is way behind even Jason, or, um, Jacob Hornberger and, of yeah, course, that, Jace Oliver. She's way down the list. No surprise there. I don't think people are really interested in hearing the same old rehashed ideas from a Republican Party of yesteryear, from the, uh, from the Bush years and before. They don't want to hear from Dick Cheney in address. They want to hear new ideas that can take us into the future, not back into the, uh, the past with the, uh, the George W. Bush years. Now, Dean Phillips, uh, a Democrat, which I find quite interesting and didn't do very well, uh, but a, a representative as well currently. What I find fascinating about Dean is Dean said he went to a Trump rally and had a great time, and they're good, honest people. MAGA is not what we're being told uh, in the media. He actually really enjoyed himself. I find that an interesting admission. Uh, do you want to respond to that? You know, so I was at the Iowa State Fair earlier this year. I probably shook hands and talked with you know a couple thousand people while I was on the ground those four days. 
And that certainly included Trump supporters. It certainly included Democrats, independents. And what I can tell you is there's a lot of commonality. And when we divide ourselves in a tribe so much, it actually allows us to just further demonize each other and make ourselves seem less than. Are there bad people in the Republican Party? Are there atrocious people in the Democratic Party? Are there bad people in the Libertarian Party? Absolutely. Uh, that's not necessarily due to your political affiliation. Again, things like bigotry and hatred and this stuff, we should call I really don't care if you're a Democrat racist, a Republican racist, a Libertarian racist. I'm going to oppose you regardless of who you are because I love all people and believe we're yeah, all we're God's children. Yeah, we're just telling children. you to stop. Yeah, and so, uh, but, but with that, you know, I, I met plenty of Republicans that I think, honestly, I hope vote for me in November because they see me as a better option than Donald Trump. Do you think that uh, if things change, you know, you may be a VP pick for somebody? Is that an option? You know, I, it's depending on who that person is, if I don't happen to make it top a ticket and someone else does uh, and they want me to be the running mate, I'd have to look at, like, how can I add value to that ticket and if I'm somebody they'd want to run with. But I'm hoping I'm just top of the ticket. VoteChaseOliver.com if you want to help me get there. VoteChaseOliver.com, also freeandequal.org. Vote today, would you please? Chase, we'll have you back soon. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. There he goes. Chase Oliver, VoteChaseOliver.com. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. In message one, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 8:44, gave the left evil, spiritual power the more they use the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now the Bible confirms that the dragon gave him the beast his power. Revelation 13, 2. The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note 1. That behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note 2. Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present-day, end-time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the Kingdom of Christ, 19th century America, the New Jerusalem, Revelation 21. Isn't this great? Just the two of us. No work, no interruptions, no phone, no TV. Finally, we have a chance to just talk. I mean, how long has it been? Well, first of all, we should talk about your schedule. There are a few things that could use some adjusting, but overall, I think it's going all right. Basically, I think we're doing a pretty good job of communicating, which is good. You're doing a really good job of letting me know how you feel about things. I just, I want to keep the, the lines open, if you know what I mean. Jerry? It's four o'clock in the morning. What are you doing? Oh, I was, <laughs> I was just giving Emily a bottle. Who are you talking to? Emily. She's only three weeks old, and she's asleep. I know. I was just practicing. Family, isn't it about time? Isn't this great? Just the three of us. No work, no interruptions, no phone. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. With you live, ladies and gentlemen, I am Sam Bushman. I just finished interviewing Chase Oliver. He is the presidential candidate on the Libertarian ticket. 
The free and equal polls coming out. Freeandequal.org is where you can go. Vote your top six candidates to be in an alternative debate. Chase Oliver right now at the head of the pack doing a phenomenal job. And I really liked his responses. I want to weaken the power of government at the general federal level because they've got too much power. And if you look at the Constitution, we've got to, uh, you know, really kind of make a difference here on this. Some people are wondering, is Tucker Carlson seriously considering um, or would he be considered as the VP pick for the Donald? People are kind of wondering about that. But look, you know what? They're saying that the debates were a waste of time. Why don't we have real political debates, ladies and gentlemen? I provide a lot of ideas for those. We had on Christina Tobin, who's the leader of Free and Equal, and she's putting together this incredible debate opportunity. But the attacks on Donald Trump are relentless, folks. And I would not vote for Donald Trump. I can't do it. I, I know a lot of people think, you know, A, the end justifies the means. I don't think so. I want a good, honest, moral person to be my president. And uh, I'm not throwing my vote away to stand on morality. If enough Americans stood on morality and made principle top of the ticket rather than, you know, power and influence or good old boy network or uh, fear and whatever, lesser of two evils, whatever the case, I think we can make real headway. But here's the, the attacks on Donald. And again, I'll vote for a Chase Oliver or I'll vote for, I don't know who I'll vote for yet, but I'm telling you, it will not be Donald Trump. But anyway, nevertheless, second term could unleash darker Trump says the mainstream press. Charlie Savage, Jonathan Swan, and Maggie Hammerman, all three teamed up to write this article. And they talk about the spring of 1989. You know, Tiananmen Square trashed all their citizens, right? But one prominent American was impressed. It was Donald Trump. Donald Trey Jump sent, said in an interview on Playboy magazine the year after the massacre, the day they were vicious and horrible, but they took it. That shows you the power of strength. Anyway, it was a throwaway line in the wide-ranging interview that Playboy had with Donald. Um, Back when he was a 43-year-old celebrity businessman. This was a long time ago now, right? But now um, his exulting over the crushing of people by China kind of uh, is interesting because Mr. Trump's violent and often rhetoric on the campaign trail is starting to resonate like a fascist dictator, these clowns in the mainstream press highlight. Contemporary populist strongmen, they highlight. In recent weeks, Donald Trump has been demonizing his adversaries. He says they're poisoning the blood of our country. So see, Donald's not very good at articulating his real message. I don't believe he means it the way he says it oftentimes, but he gives too much fuel to the fire of the enemies of Donald. Okay, they say he encouraged the shooting of shoplifters. And suggested that Mark Milley, the former chief of staff, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, should be executed. As he runs for president again, facing four different criminal prosecutions, Mr. Trump may seem more angry, desperate, and dangerous to, quote, American-style democracy than he did in his first term. Now, just so you know, for these mainstream press articles, and for Chase Oliver, too, we don't have a democracy. I didn't challenge Jace on that while he was on the radio because I'm not trying to uh, pick a fight. He probably knows better. But again, we fall into this, and it's wrong in America, and we got to correct it. But now they say that Donald Trump has glorified political violence and spoken admiringly, admiringly of autocrats. Anyway, he praised some of these foreign leaders at being so good at killing terrorists. Anyway, it goes on and on and on, this big old article they wrote about 
President Trump. They say that, you know what, Donald would overturn a lot of the good that Biden's done. Anyway, Trump's had offered to use troops to crack down on these violent protests. And they make people think that's a bad thing. They say Mr. Trump did not address specifics, but instead instead criticized the New York Times. And uh, anyway, it goes on and on and on, the attacks that they're delivering on President Trump. They say everybody rejected his attempt to stay in power when he created this insurrection. They say Republicans were often partners in his quest. Anyway, it goes on and on, this big, huge article. Why am I spending so much time on this article? Because I disagree with this narrative. I don't think that Trump is great. Um, I think Trump did a good job in several things. I think he did a horrible job in other things. In other words, I praise Donald when he's right, and I reject Donald's you know, assertions when he's wrong. I base my views of right and wrong on the supreme law of our land and focusing on God, family, and country. But this attack piece is just shameful on the President Trump. They make it sound like Joe Biden's the peaceful, good, gentle politician, been there forever, great guy, and Donald would just ruin the republic. They tried this back in 2016 when Trump went down the escalator. They said, oh, my gosh, this clown, this guy that's just known for cameo and bad business dealings, um, cameos in movies and bad business dealings, this entertainment kind of wacko apprentice guy or whatever, this guy won't do good for the country. It's going to ruin the economy. It's going to be... And they literally laid down the law that how horrible it would be. Many of the actresses and actors and all these, quote, big wig, you know, so-called um, rock stars or whatever you want to call it, um, famous people or whatever, whatever you want to say, um, that I'll leave the country if Donald became president. First off, they never left the country when Donald became president. Secondly, Donald didn't govern very hard at all. In fact, Donald Trump sadly got pushed around by old men like Anthony Fauci, okay? Donald did some good things in office, don't get me wrong, but man, some of the worst things have ever happened under Donald's watch. COVID, locking us all down, closest to the police state we've ever been. Uh, this idea that, it, you know, we're gonna lock Hillary up. No, I'll leave Hillary alone, she's a friend. George Soros gets brought up. I'll leave George alone, he's a good guy. And it just shows that Donald has tapped into these people and he's either deceived or a shill to protect them, I don't know which. But where's the call for accountability with the Jeffrey Epstein files? Over 150 people named and nobody being investigated at all. What's happening with that? So see, I don't want to hear all the Donald Trump attacking everybody else under the sun that they're the bad guys. Donald's the only good guy in the ring. That isn't true. What I want to do is I want to have free and equal elections where the American people decide who would be in the debates, and then we can hear from them. And the American people and appropriate people can put together real questions for the candidates. Like I asked Chase real questions. What would, what's the biggest threat to America? He says, listen, I believe inflation is. We've got to stop that. Well, the only way to solve that is to go to honest money. Say, hey, Chase, what do you think we need to do about this? Well, I want to weaken the power of the president. When I leave office, I'm going to have a, the power of the president or POTUS be weaker than when I started. Not because I think the power of the president is bad, but because I want it to obey its constitutional mission. Boy, is Chase right on that. And we just go right down the line with issue after issue after issue. And good Americans can align with things that make sense. 
and they just get stopped and shut down by the clown show, by the soundbite-driven media. They're not interested in real questions and real answers. They're not interested in long-form debates that can really get to the bottom of issues. They're interested in the soundbite world that can make or break somebody in two seconds, right or wrong. The manipulation is king. That's what they love. And I'm really sad to see this kind of become the order of the day. But it's getting worse. I mean, I don't know what Donald Trump would do uh, in office, right, for this go-round. I don't know if he'll be a worse candidate or a worse uh, president than he was when he, you know, took charge the first time. I just know all the rhetoric about how evil Donald would be turned out not to be true the first time, and I doubt it's true the second time. Now they say, oh, Donald just wants to have a vendetta. He just wants to get after everybody. Um, You could say it's a vendetta. I would say it's a little different. I would say we want accountability. We want action for prosecution of the full extent of the law for criminal activity. And whether it's Jeffrey Epstein or the 150 folks that are surrounding him, or whether it's corruption in politics and election integrity issues right on down the line, like this clown in Arizona that betrayed uh, Carrie Lake and tried to get her to capitulate for filthy lucre and everything else, let's create accountability for all these people. That's what we've got to get done, in my opinion, right? That's where the rubber meets the road, in my humble opinion. That's where we've got to work the hardest. And so I really support these free and equal debates that Kristen, Christina Tobin and many others are putting together. Chase Oliver at the top of the list. Over 86,000 votes. And this guy's got literally over 8,000 votes himself, I think it is. We need to promote this and spread the word on this. We're going to have Christina back. We're going to also interview some of the other top candidates. The second one right now is RFK JR. We've reached out to him for an interview, but he's too busy. He thinks he's too much of a rock star to come on Liberty Roundtable Live. Chase doesn't think so. Chase thinks it's important. And I got a question for you about RFK JR and some of these other clowns. I tried to interview Vivek Ramaswamy. He thought he was too good, too important to be on the program as well. They just kept saying to me, yeah, Sam would love to do it, but we're super swamped right now. We've got more interviews than we can handle, and we don't know what to do about it. And All right, well, Donald Trump Jr. decided that Liberty Roundtable Live was worthy of Super Tuesday when Donald won the first go-round. So I'm not here to say that I'm important or critical, but I'm telling you right now, the new media with all of us involved, including Christina Tobin at Free and Equal and myself and many, many, many others, we do matter. And if you can't talk to us at election time, you think you'll give us the time of day once you're elected? I don't think so. So we better start to think clearly about what's happening and who we want to represent us, and we better do it fast. And then we better create accountability and prosecute criminals to the fullest extent of the law and show people what's acceptable and what's not acceptable in the greatest country United States of America, the Republic, the Constitutional Republic, not a democracy, right? Let's get all this straight and stand for the sacred cause of liberty, shall we? It is about God, family, and country. It is about protecting life, liberty, and property. I am Sam Bushman, LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word, share the love. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.